because it's in contrast with classical Jewish ideas around the Messianic era, that there is this linear progression. There is this future time when either a Messiah figure or the Messianic era is going to happen and that you need, you know, if you're thinking about it in terms of, a, of an actual Messiah, you need that individual to come and do whatever it is that they're going to do. And then after that, it'll all be good as opposed to forever. this is this forever. It's like constantly, you constantly need that Messiah's soul in the form of the airbender or, or not airbender. The right. um, And we've got two kinds of messianism in Judaism. I've been thinking about this. There's like the mystical Messiah idea and there's mm -hmm. the rational Messiah idea, the mystical idea, what you described. And the rational one, which I call Star Trek messianism, where Earth works its stuff out, and then they're just part of then a larger set of problems. Now, the Federation, mm -hmm. oh no, a Federation again, but it is like this arc leaning towards humanity working it out, but it's totally rational, meaning there's nothing, nothing supernatural about it. It just humanity saves itself because they have the tech or the wisdom or the wherewithal to solve hunger, war, poverty, famine, which is actually how Maimonides envisions the Messianic age. He's, yes, there'll be like a king, blah, 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 but he's really focused much more on humanity, basically sharing resources well. That's, it kind of comes mm -hmm. down to that, and it, which, which is not something that you, that's not guaranteed to be permanent, but that's like the horizon that he's always aiming mm -hmm. So I think that both of those, you know, one, the supernatural, it's like a permanent state. And then the rational, it's like a state that you constantly have to work at. I think both of those models are out there and a lot of the things we're, we're reading and, and watching. Yeah. I've been thinking about, right, this question of Jewish rationalism versus Jewish supernatural belief or mysticism. And I kind of think that there is another perspective between or different from the ones that you kind of articulated or maybe a synthesis of, mm. which is sort of where I often find myself that we've kind of often created this dichotomy between there's either, you know, belief in the supernatural or you sort of believe in this hyper rationalist humans are here and we have to kind of solve our own problems. Clearly, if rationalism was the only thing that you needed, we could have figured it out maybe by now or or i don't know maybe there's some maybe you could you could make an argument that we just have not succeeded in being rational enough about what would actually be in our best interest as a species you don't have to believe in a god who is the old man in the sky who's going to send the human earthly king or believe that humans are alone in the universe and have to figure it out for ourselves. Ultimately, we're getting into a question of theology here, right? right. Like, what do you right. think God is or what is what is it that we're all doing here? Right. Yeah, I've been getting into the Rambam a lot this year. So Maimonides' notion of God really takes God out of the realm of doing things in a particular way and leaves that up to the forces of nature and the forces of free will, you know, people. And then God just keeps reality existing 
So those things could unfold as they do based on laws of nature and people's decisions. And God stays out of it, making God very remote and putting human agency front and center in what the solution is. And I think he's very optimistic that if people understood that God's not going to do anything for us beyond keep reality going, then we're going to step up. If you think that God is this superhero who's going to swoop down to save you, you're going to die. But if you realize that God is not going to do that for you, then you will act accordingly and do everything you can to save yourself. I think that he really believes that people have this idea that God is this superhero figure that's just mm-hmm. going to grab the bullet or, you know, swat the Twinkie out of their hands. They go, oh, no, no. Uh, oh, honey. Mm-hmm. He's not doing oh, that. Oh, honey, no. Yeah. Oh, honey, no. Yeah. He's a, he's a, but that's a kind of idolatry to think that God is this overbearing paternalistic figure is a kind of idolatry. And Rumbum's like, Mm-mm, no, nope, nope, just us. Which is why in the Mishnah Torah, he focuses so much on like eating right, getting sleep, taking care of yourself, not being a jerk. It's like, okay, people, it's just us. We got to be good mm-hmm. people or we're not going to make it. To the end, yeah, it, it, I mean, but I think that this kind of goes back to our conversation that we were having the other week because you were talking about the Rambam always makes his presence. I, you know, I'm teaching a class and he needs this on my yeah. mind. All the time. I, I get it. And I'm like going deep into like Jewish mysticism. So that's why I'm always pulling that out. But yeah, there was something that you said just a minute ago. Right. Oh, Rambam's optimism around like, if you just understood things correctly as yeah. the, you know, as a rational philosophical type like I am myself, then you would reach the correct conclusion. We're all alone. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying and yet empowering and yet terrifying. Right. But I mean, but he does believe in God, right? Oh, absolutely. Belief in this entity. Oh, yeah. And you experience God's love through the very physical fabric of reality itself all the time. And you realize that you're a speck. But you realize that this little speck is going to feed that hungry person because God's not going to do it. Like right. that, so person, actually, that, person, you know, that person who's over is suffering, they need you. God's not going to do anything, but you are. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why you're here. You're here to feed that person so they don't die of starvation. That's what we're doing here. God, God, you know, God sent us to do that. It's why humans exist to help alleviate suffering. So what I'm thinking in this conversation, and Kushner actually, died too. So it's been a rough week. Oh yeah, no, that's true. I was thinking that, and then we'll get back to our topic. Our topic. That's fine. We can get back to our topic. But I think this could also be a fun, maybe what we can do is excerpt some of this and have it as like bonus material. Why not? I will, I will happily do that. So future listeners, thank you. If you've listened this far to listening to our digression that may have made it into bonus material. Bonus material on the side. Well, I'll have to give it a good name. I have to give it a good name. Well, we'll excerts. So I or, watched. You know, 
Yeah. So, oh, oh I didn't get to my conclusion. Oh, yes. Which monstrous. Is, monstrous. No, 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 no. Before oh. I get back to that, oh. bomb, rationalism, yeah. mysticism, etc., which is that I think ultimately mystical thinkers and Rambam kind of in a lot of ways come out to the same conclusion, which is a perception of ultimate reality that God is far beyond, you know, human capacities to really perceive mm -hmm. directly. For the Kabbalists, they'll refer to this as in Sof. That's the aspect of God. It's so far beyond us that you cannot actually ever the perceive boundless. it at all. Mm -hmm. The limitless or endless, yeah. I often say the endless, a la Sandman. The way, but the way that they reach that conclusion, that there's ultimately like this one thing that's so far beyond, that there's like a, a kind of unifying reality and that humans participate in it. Uh, they get, they reach that conclusion from different angles. For the Rambam, it's use of reason. You can just, you know, rationally attain that. For mystics, you need to attain this through some kind of special experience or gnosis. It's like a form of Gnosticism. In I'm reading Gershom Sholom, major trends of Jewish mysticism right now, and he kind of points out this, like that, that concept that it's like you need kind of a revelation of the truth or ultimate reality through some kind of mystical experience or through being, you know, taught and having transmission of knowledge that, you know, but it's, it's not something that can be rationally attained. Mm -hmm. An insight, a flash, a revelation. Yeah, it's, it's operating on different kinds of, you know, parts of the brain, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bomb. Revelation is a signal that one attunes to. Mm -hmm. The levels of attunement put you on the track from, you know, total ignoramus to profit. Right. And I and when you shared that with me last week, I also thought I'm like, hmm, that sounds rather similar to a lot of what these mystical writers mm -hmm. say about their experiences. Rambam thinks you don't have to do anything special if you're one of these particularly attuned people. You just have to kind of stand out there and you receive the signal. Well, it's about mystics... inquiry and, and, and reflection. I'm unclear what that actually looks like, but he thinks basically it's like a philosophical exercise of the mind that is the attunement process. Right. Whereas the mystics think it might be something else, right? It's maybe it's about engaging these certain kinds of meditation practices. Maybe it's about combination of letters and divine names, mm -hmm. but that they might just have different ways that they think that you're going to attune yourself. Right. Get that to be able to pick up that signal. That moment um, of gnosis. Yeah. The end point is remarkably similar. And it's something that I kind of notice cross religions too, that there's often you kind of come to similar kinds of, I would sort of say, spiritual technologies in order to kind of attain this realization of the nature of divinity and reality. And Rambam is very clear that any human being can attain this. He doesn't think that prophecy is a is a particular skill that only Israel has. 
which is Yehuda Halevi hmm. thought that only Jews could attain prophecy. He was much more particular about it. Rambam's like, nope, every human being. He was much more universal. Rambam also gives me a, a way of thinking about, yeah, this is what Moses got with his attunement filtered through his own experience. And that's why the Torah looks a certain way and why other people's sacred scriptures look their way because they're still translating it through the filter of their own ex experience and time and their own time periods. So they are getting at the same core signal, but just writing it down in particular ways. But they're all getting mm -hmm. the same thing. Rambam gets right. me there. He, he gets me to a very kind of deep ecumenical place. I'm really interested to read more of, of him then. There's so much here that I am thinking about. I recently read Michael Pollan's book about psychedelics. There's the Netflix series kind of based on it where he, he you know, goes through and, and talks to similar people that are interviewed oh, in the book. That. It's I like four this. episodes. Oh yeah, that's his, that's his preferred format. I watched Cooking, one of his mm -hmm. series. Read the cooked, book. Yeah, okay. Cooked, cooked, mm -hmm. yes, cooked. Mm -hmm. And he actually mentions a lot of Leviticus in his one on fire. Mm. He's like, oh, yes, barbecue. Yes, Levite. Mm -hmm. Sacred barbecue. And that's a good segue. <laughs> Ah, but there's so much more. Okay, but anyway, I, I didn't get to talk about my psychedelics. We are okay. connective thinkers to the extreme. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Which, anyway, the psychedelic thing was that, you know, anyway, but the way that people talk about their experiences while yeah. taking psychedelics are that there's this almost like this removal of the filter that allows you perhaps to be more receptive mm -hmm. to the kinds of signals that people like Rambam perhaps might be talking that about. is very interesting i will have to read that i'll, I'll watch the pollen series yeah yeah but the book i think you know obviously goes into more depth and what's really interesting is just hearing people including pollen himself talk about their subjective experiences and people who were quite atheistic saying they have no other way to describe what they felt or perceived other than in the english language other than the word God, which mm. I found fascinating. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Yes, something big and ultimately connective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They grokked something, to quote Robert Heinlein. You ever yeah. read, read that Stranger in a Strange Land? Mm-mm, I haven't. So, so this human being grows up on Martian, among the Martians, comes back to Earth. It's a human form, but he has a Martian mind. And he has this word grok. G-R-O-K. And no one quite knows what it means. It kind of seems to mean like to understand, to deeply get, to hear. But then at some point, the guy hears the word God. He says, oh, yeah, that's what grok means. <laughs> hmm. I was like, what? Grok means God? It's, God is a verb? Whole other topic there. Yeah. So it's mm. a very interesting, interesting book. Highland was Jewish. A lot of the sci-fi yeah. great Jewish. Yeah. All right. We got uh, there. Right. So many Great areas bonus. for a topic. This is thank you for listening to our bonus material. <laughs> this is where we go back to the main episode. <laughs>